Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this episode of The Daily Optimist. My name, of course, is Elijah Manning, and I appreciate you joining me today on Monday, February 22nd. All right, I had last week off, and there was a lot of news that happened, uh, so many things. There was an impeachment trial for former president twice impeached Donald Trump. There was the storms in Texas. Uh, and that's just a couple of the big stories. There's still um, vaccine rollouts. There's so many other uh, stories that have been happening worldwide with uh, protests and bombings and um, uh, struggles for democracy and things of that nature. But I can't get to them all, unfortunately. So today I'm just going to talk about uh, two specific stories. And... Uh, you know, then of course get to your positivity for the day because that's what I always need after hearing these stories. So I hope uh, you do as well and we'll get there together. But before we get started into that, let's talk about your black history facts for the day. So it's right, it's still Black History Month, but Black History Month should be every month because it's American history. Just wanted to say that again. All right, so today in history, uh, February 22nd, 1989, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince win their first rap Grammy for the hit single, Parents Just Don't Understand. I don't know if you know that song, but if you do, you'll, you'll appreciate that. If you don't know it, go find it. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Parents Just Don't Understand. Also, uh, in 1898, the first black postmaster was um, was lynched So, in this one area. So here it is. Frazier Baker, a 40-year-old black man from Lake City, South Carolina, and his infant daughter, Julia, were murdered by a lynch mob on February 22, 1898. He, Mr. Baker was the first African-American in Lake City to be elected as U.S. postmaster for Lake City. So that happened... Um, like I said, in 1898. Um, that's not the only thing that happened. We have Frank E. Peterson Jr. in 1979 was named the first black general in the Marine Corps. And uh, we also have, there was one more, uh, the death of the Bronze Muse. And uh, she was um, not just... I'll, I'll tell you more about her. She was, um, her real name, rather, was Frances Ellen Watkins Harper. She was a, uh, a poet, an author, a orator, a um, abolitionist as well. And she died in 1911. All right, on this day in 1911. All right, so those are just the uh, black facts for the day. Time to get to the other news as well. All right. Thank you for joining me. My name, of course, is Elijah Manning, and you are listening to The Daily Optimist. My first story today comes from uh, the coast of Israel, basically, and it's uh, the Mediterranean Sea area there was an oil spill that uh, happened at some point last week 
and it's now really starting to reach the shores or has been over the weekend. Um, so it's they say it's the largest um, ecological disaster in many years off the coast of Israel. Uh, there's been no uh, word what tanker uh, actually is responsible for the oil, uh, but it has been washed up on Israel's shores uh, from all the way up from uh, the border with Lebanon down to uh, near the Gaza Strip. Uh, 4,000 volunteers or more have, have come to help uh, the nonprofit group called Eco Ocean in Israel uh, to help with cleanup. Uh, like I said, that they are working right now, Israel and European authorities, according to the article from NPR, say they are investigating what happened. Um, like I said, it's, it was off the coast, so they don't know, but whatever happened exactly, it's like they spilled tens or even hundreds of tons of oil in the Mediterranean. Um, they, the European Union, again from the article on NPR, says that they, the European Union monitors the... Uh, the oil slicks in the Mediterranean. So if this happens, they have monitoring system for seeing what happens. So when ships release oil into the water, much of the oil it, it stays on the uh, the surface, and then it's you know transported by the current. So they they use the ocean current and weather data to basically reverse engineer to see where it came from. So there were a dozen ships that were in the area that day, so they're hoping to be able to have some kind of information soon on exactly what happened. Um, there's, you know, worry that how, how terrible oil spills can be for wildlife and for people as well. They've closed the beaches down, um, and they're doing cleanup on the wildlife currently. Um, you know, it's been on turtles and uh, fish and birds as well and they've also uh, have a worry over this um, reef building snail and dendropoma petrium I may have butchered that name but that I believe is the name of the snail and they you know build the reef on the the coastline and they've already been uh, kind of plummeting in numbers so they're afraid that this can make that even worse. Um, so we will see how that continues. Uh, hopefully they're able to clean up and figure out uh, exactly what happened, what oil tanker spilled all of that oil. Ah, all right. Disasters. There's a, then the natural disaster uh, fallout that is happening in Texas. So... Most of you are probably familiar with what's happening in Texas right now, but uh, you. So I'm not going to talk about the political aspects of it, from you know Ted Cruz leaving, Beto O'Rourke helping AOC, coming to help uh, the governor blaming the Green New Deal, which isn't even in existence yet, but that's a whole other point. To uh, a certain mayor who. Uh, well, if now former mayor, because he resigned after basically telling people that the government's not there to help them and all that. But what is happening now is after the power has been depleted and things like that, there is a policy, which is across much of the country, um, 
where it's a variable rate plan for electricity. So what that means is when um, the, the plan itself changes, depending upon how much demand for electricity is, the more demand, the higher the price. All right, simple and can be disastrous. People, so oftentimes what happens is people will sign up for a plan and then there's like a, you know, you have a year long membership to whatever plan that they set start out with. And then you don't renew that same type of plan. So it goes to this variable rate plan automatically kind of thing. And, you know, for a lot of uh, areas, that kind of thing doesn't matter. You just, you know that there's less demand at night. So you run your dishwasher at night or things like that. And, you know, um, people think it, well, some people don't realize they have it. Other people find it fine because they know when to use extra power and things of that nature. But what has happened due to this uh, storm, a company named Gritty, they were trying to uh, preemptively actually help. So they went ahead and tried to urge customers to switch to a different electricity provider before the storm hit. Now, obviously, we know it's not that easy to just switch over because it can take a while to switch to companies. They have to come out and read this or read that or whatever the case may be. But um, so Gritty knew what was happening attempted to try to tell people to be aware but there was nothing they can do about it at the moment so we're looking at people having bills that um one one uh specific couple said uh they have a 1300 square foot place they have uh heat set to 60 they haven't been doing no laundry not running the dishwasher no stove or you know cooking they only use the air fryer, lights off during the day, candles at night most of the time, some TV, and yet somehow they used 1,772 kilowatts an hour, and that came out to be $5,000 worth of electricity used because of the demand. Another one uh, also came out to use 5000 as well. Well, 5665 with their fees and everything. So, um, Gritty has said that the Electric Reliability Council of Texas is really at fault. So, this is going to be very intricate and it's um, a little bit difficult to explain. But, uh, basically, they're the ones who kind of regulate what the prices are going to be and how to make uh the increase in prices if the uh, lack of supply happens so i'm going to put it to you this way the average price for electricity in texas according to the npr article in the winter is about 12 cents per kilowatt hour so during this storm it's gone up to nine dollars per kilowatt hour so again 12 cents to nine dollars wow that is a major major difference um so people are obviously up in arms and fighting and gritty themselves said that uh they said in a statement we intend to fight this for and alongside our customers for equity and accountability 
to reveal why such price increases were allowed to happen as millions of Texans went without power. Went without power. That is a pretty pretty disturbing uh, thing that has happened. Um, we don't know how many, or they don't know, I should say, at the moment, how many Texans are, are dealing with this giant bill. Uh, a lot of you may or may not know that Texas has its own grid infrastructure, so they are not attached to the national grid. Uh, I'm not going to talk about why that is at this point. Maybe another point we'll get into that. I just want to narrow in on this. Um, so the top, uh, a Dallas County judge, Clay Jenkins, he's a top elected official. He said, tweet back at me, please. He took to Twitter for this, obviously. What electric company sold Texans variable rate plans? Variable rate plans are predatory as well as clear, as we all are clearly seeing now. Who did they target with those plans and what did they tell them? So, um... You know the idea is: Were they doing this on purpose? Did they did did they know that uh, they would have something like this happen at some point? Was it just they didn't care? Uh, were they specifically doing it to people? I don't know, but that's what they're investigating basically right now. Um, the only state that has banned the variable rate power plants is Connecticut, and uh, shout out to Connecticut and. Um, there was also, back in 2014, a similar situation happened in Pennsylvania uh, where the the rate increased by 300% or more. And then the state took multiple utilities to court. So we will see how this plays out in Texas. I certainly hope that people in Texas are finding uh, ways to get help. And of course, if you want to donate to some, you can find places to donate online. Uh, there are different places for different things, so just please look through and help out if you can. Um, uh, you know, I encourage everyone to try to help out uh, as much as possible and as much as they can. All right, time to switch over to some positive news. I'll be back in just a moment. All right, so time for positive news. My first positive news story comes from Texas. All right, so I know there's a lot of uh, pain and suffering that's happening in Texas right now due to the storms and the power loss and uh, everything that's happening down there. But uh, there are some positive stories coming out. Um, I saw one about a furniture store. Maybe I'll tell that one tomorrow. But today I'm going to focus on one specific one. So a lady named Chelsea Timmons was working uh, for her grocery store and she was uh, delivering um, items to uh, some customers. And you know, the customer, Nina Richardson and Doug Condon, Nina had warned Chelsea that um, the, it was going to be slippery. So they lived down a hill uh, to their driveway and Miss Chelsea Timmons car got stuck and they attempted to move it after several times they called AAA but there was no way because AAA was all over at that point with people being stuck or needing whatever for their cars so there was no way AAA was going to get there so the uh, owners of the home Nancy Richardson and Doug Condon they brought her in with them so they said, 
Uh, we have daughters, and we hope if they were ever in a situation like this, that there would be someone who would open their house and help them. That's what Doug said. And Nina said, it's just what you do when stuff shows up. <laughs> so Miss Chelsea says that's as much as she wishes that were true. That's not true because she said if uh, she feels if she were on someone else's, um, stuck in someone else's driveway, they probably would not have let her in. They probably would have tried to figure out a way to get her out. Um, she's been staying there, I, I guess, at the time of this report was six or seven days. It was basically one more day, and I forget exactly what day this report came out. So she may be gone now, but uh, she's been staying there, and um, you know they got to talking and have developed a, a wonderful relationship. Miss um, <clears throat> Chelsea Timmons told them about how she wants to open a bakery someday, so they baked a cake. She baked them a gluten-free coconut cake. Uh, they've been having dinners together. Uh, they have a spare room, and the dog has the dogs have become great friends with her as well. Uh, and she says it was a huge blessing because she found out that her apartment lost water, uh, lost power. So being stuck here actually turned out to be a better situation. Most of my family lost electricity for several days. That's what Miss Chelsea Timmons says. And she said, "I definitely ate a lot better here. It made me feel comfortable. It made me feel like part of the family." And there's a video you can watch of uh, an interview where they are talking and just how, um, you know, she's so grateful and they're just like, well, of course, we weren't just going to leave you out there. So thank you to the, the couple who brought in this lady who was stranded um, and made her welcome in their guest home, uh, room. <clears throat> My second story comes from Louisiana. So, a, a young man named Devin Hinkston was driving around in Alexandria, Louisiana, and he uh, saw a young boy playing basketball, but he realized that the young boy was sh shooting hoops in a trash can. So, um, he tells the news that he always does random acts of kindness, he said. I'll see kids in the corner store and I'll buy all of them something to snack on. I'll see a homeless person and buy them a bomber jacket or some food. I just never post about it on social media because that's the, not the reason I'm doing it. I do it from the heart. Um, so what he did was he pulled up to the house and he jumped out with a you know little basketball hoop for the for the eight year old grandson. And he said he told uh, the grandmother that he he drove by. And saw saw that the kid was shooting hoops in a trash can and wanted to give him a gift, and she's like, you know, she says that um, everywhere her little grandson goes, he brings the basketball with him, and um, you know, she said this man was a complete stranger. I just started crying because it was an angel in disguise, and Hingston said he got emotional too, and uh, <laughs> Jeremiah was in the background jumping for joy, and she was jumping, I was dropping tears. It was special, as what Hingston said. Um, the young man had a basketball game later that day where he went on to score 12 points and help his team win. And uh, Hingston said that he is, plans to stay in touch with the family and he's going to come back and help him put the hoop together. Uh, and he wants to eventually open a, a nonprofit for kids in the community so they have activities to do after school. And Hingston says, you should always be kind. You never know what somebody else is going through. So... That family appreciates him greatly, and um, you know I appreciate him as well, and I hope that he gets to open his nonprofit. All right, 
So, now it's time for my positive step for the day. And after those stories, this is a kind of deeper reflection one on how things in your life are leading you to where they are and how you can continue to embrace and help. But I want you to think of what your idea of a strong, helpful community actually is. What does that mean to you? How does that influence your day-to-day life? How does it influence what you do once a week? How does it influence what you do uh, on, in a month? Are you helping your community? Are you hurting your community? What can you do in your community? So in order to do that, you have to think, what type of community do you want to live in? All right, And that, I think, is where you start. You can't really help build a community if you don't have an idea of the type of community you want to be in. And in the bigger picture, we can translate that to the world. But you have to start in your own community. All right. So what type of community do you want to live in? Think about that. So my quote today is going to come from Frances Ellen Watkins Harper. We talked about her and she died on this day. Um... In, I think it was 1911. So uh, I told you she is a poet, abolitionist, author, uh, orator. Um, and her quote goes like this. We are all bound up together in one great bundle of humanity. And society cannot trample on the weakest and feeblest of its members without receiving the curse in its own soul. One more time. We are all bound up together in one great bundle of humanity, and society cannot trample on the weakest and feeblest of its members without receiving the curse in its own soul. So when I ask you what type of community you want to live in and you think about that, I want you to think about that quote as well. All right? Because if we continue to, to destroy our own community, our own people in our community, How are we ever going to build a better community? How are we going to ever build a better community, a better world for ourselves and for each other? Because when you destroy others, it'll take its toll and you'll get destroyed as well. One more time. We are all bound up together in one great bundle of humanity and society cannot trample on the weakest and feeblest of its members without receiving the curse in its own soul. All right. Think about that. Think about the type of community you want to be in. Thank you very much for making it through this episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate each and every one of you for joining me. I hope uh, that you had a good week off. I hope that you are happy to be back with me for this week. We'll do it again tomorrow. I hope that sounds good to you. Sounds good to me. We'll find some more to talk about. Uh, please, as always, rate, subscribe, and share. Rate so that other people can find it. Subscribe so you never miss it. And share with anybody who needs a little positivity and optimism in their day. I appreciate each and every one of you. Until next time, everybody, please be well.